0: Welcome to The Andy Griffin Show. Wake up. With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild wild conspiracies. conspiracies. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show. On News Radio 890. 949. KDXU. Southern
1: Utah's news talk leader. Welcome, everybody. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in to the program today, nine minutes after nine o'clock, and uh, it's Washington Schools Day here on the Andy Christmas Show. We've got uh, Steve Dunham, of course, Communications Director for Washington County School District. Steve, award-winning Steve Dunham, oh, stop I, I it. Add. Uh, stop it. Stop it. we bow and uh, kind of kneel down? You we... know, I
0: always get frustrated. The superintendent says <laughs> anything in a board meeting, it gets out there, and then I have to live with it forever and ever. <laughs>
1: Well, it could be worse. It could be worse. Yes. You could be on a probation or something. Uh,
0: this is true. I, I and I <laughs> have dealt with worse. I I should say so.
1: Well, thanks for coming on, Steve. Sure. uh, You brought a friend with us. I'll let you do the introduction. I did.
0: uh, I brought our board member, Becky Dunn, with us today. And so, Becky, this is fun to have you in the studio with us.
2: Yes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Thanks for coming on. Becky, how long have you been on the school board now?
2: I've been on the board for about five years now. Okay.
1: So, theoretically, at this point, you know what you're doing, right?
2: (laughs) It's always changing and ever evolving. So, it's a process. But I sure enjoy being on the board.
1: Yeah. what what are your obligations as far as time commitment with with being on the school board? Because I know I've had people ask me, well, I, I might run for, you know, PTA president or school board or this, that, or the other thing. And, and so, I, and they're like, oh, how much time commitment is there? I said, well, I honestly don't know. Maybe <laughs> we'll ask somebody. Becky, well, what's it like?
2: For me, it's a lot of time. I spend a lot of time studying and researching policies and going over budgets and things. But then I, I love to be in the schools. So that's something that takes a lot of extra time mm-hmm. for me. Um, volunteering in the classrooms and um, visiting classes and seeing teachers. And so that's something that I kind of do above and beyond the normal meetings that we have, our regular um, work meetings and board meetings. Um, So for me, there is more time than, um, I guess, the minimum. I like to spend more and to be more involved and to be able to have a better understanding of what's going on in our schools, to be able to make better decisions.
0: You know, and if I could kind of give a shout out to Becky, one of my favorite things that she does is she asks questions. She is a perfect example of seeking to understand, you know, that seven habits of highly effective people. She's always asking questions. She doesn't assume she knows, she asks. And that gives us an opportunity to lay out all the information for her so that she has that information that she needs as she's looking into something. And that's perfect.
2: Thanks, Steve. I do try to research and study the best that I can so that when the time comes to make a decision, that I'm able to make the best decision possible for our kids. I try and always keep them at the center of all of our decisions. And so depending on what it is, you know, how is this going to affect our kids? How is it going to affect our teachers? And, and try and make that best decision. So
1: It's funny, in, in other parts of the country, well, the, 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 the leadership of our country in general is talking about not wanting parents to be too involved in their in their students' education, which is exactly opposite of what we talk about in this show, on this show every month. Steve, <laughs> we want parents involved. We want them. Uh, I always joke around. I went to kindergarten six times. I went once for <laughs> myself, and then I, I went every uh, once a week in, in with my kids. Right. Oh, that's what kids. you mean.
0: Okay, yeah, good, good. Yeah, no, I didn't flunk it.
1: I don't know if you could do that. Right? <laughs> no, I don't once, think so. Once you hit your teens, they kick you out. of <laughs> Yeah, kindergarten, I think so.
2: so. I think you're right. Well, that's uh, awesome that you were there with your kids. It makes a big difference, you know, when parents are involved, and that's something that's really critical to us in the school board is that we do want parent involvement and parent engagement. And I am a parent of kids that are in the district schools, and Mm so it's critical and crucial that those parents have a voice and that we're able to listen to them and to be able to take that input and feedback and to be able to make the best decisions possible. But ultimately, just like you and me and you know, each of us, we we understand what our kids need and what is most important for each individual child of our own kids. So I think parent feedback and and input is critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, there was a, a, a news item that came across a, The Wire yesterday talking about in a lot of the country, kids... Uh, the, the scores are way, way down because of COVID, because of lockdowns, virtual learning, masks, everything that you can think of. In fact, I think they said uh, reading scores amongst elementary uh, kids were, were down 7% and math scores were down almost 7% uh, uh, for, uh, I think it was kids like sixth to 10th grade or something like that. Uh, those are big numbers because we're already behind a lot of the rest of the world in some of these areas. Uh, but uh, Steve was saying uh, we're actually, we're doing okay. And you
2: We are. We're doing pretty well down here in Washington County. One of our great blessings is that we were able to have in-person school all last year, which was a huge blessing compared to other districts across our state and across the country. Um, One little tidbit or little data point, as Steve mentioned, I love data and numbers. Um, is that our ACT scores have gone up. They've wow. gone up about one-tenth Wait, of a uh, percent or two-tenths of a percent, which is COVID huge. Even with COVID
1: and lockdowns and yeah. masks, and our, our ACT scores have gone up.
2: Yeah, which is a, to move an ACT score is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Th- those numbers don't fluctuate very much each year, and so to move that – Um, up is incredible
0: so you know and like Becky said the key is is that we were open in person five days a week we were one of the few that we were the first district in the state to start off that way and one of the few that maintained it throughout the year and we as we've tested over the last year and into this year now we not only made up the the COVID loss the uh, the online learning loss that Mm -hmm. some students uh, realized but we've exceeded that and and they've caught back up to where they were and achieved better than not only nationally but also in the state is as we've tested the kindergarten through third grade on their Acadience tests um that's a reading test and and their test scores have really gone up and so we're really proud of the work our teachers have done our, we we have such amazing teachers andy and yeah. and they believe in it and and when you have teachers that believe in their students you're going to see success the, the one thing that impresses
1: me, too, is uh, there's so many different levels of learning and skills and, and, and everything that every individual student has. Uh, I had, for instance, I had two daughters in public schools when, when all this went down. Uh, my one daughter, when it went to online learning for a little while, she struggled. She oh, yeah. hated it. She just could not. She, she just, it, it was, something was missing for her.
3: Yeah.
1: My other daughter. Absolutely loved it. She excelled. <laughs> she actually got smarter and better and faster at everything. Good for her uh, through virtual learning. And and in fact, she her senior year is has been virtual this year. Oh wow! Uh, on purpose now she's taking a lot of college stuff. Good uh, for but her. Uh, yeah, for her that's been a godsend, and, and it's really. I mean, we're talking about two kids that were raised almost exactly the same way. <laughs> They're within two years of each other, and yet they have a completely different way of learning, the two
0: of them. So. And that speaks back to what we were talking about earlier, why parents need to be involved, because parents know what's best for their own children. Mm-hmm. And you now know that you have one child that excels in virtual learning, one that is an in-person or a hands-on learner, right. and you can see what will benefit them, and you can make the right educational choices for your child. And that's why we try to provide so many options yep. for our parents. Yep.
1: Did we, you know, when, when it was all first going down and we were announcing we were going back to school and things like that, there were a lot of teachers that were apprehensive, especially the older teachers. Did we lose some then uh, that decided, you know what, I'm just going to retire, I'm going to call it quits, or were we able to mostly retain our teachers in, in the school district?
0: You know, we were mostly able to retain our teachers. I, I think there were teachers that obviously went back Nervous right. and concerned because they have their own individual concerns, their own individual, uh, whether it be health of a family member or a spouse or a, whoever, mm-hmm. um, or themselves. And so, but they did it because again, they believe in the kids and they want to help the kids and they knew, well, we all saw how that affected children negatively to go, to go virtually the majority of children negatively. Mm-hmm. Your daughter was a superstar rock star, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, it did. It hurt a lot of kids and, yeah. and, teachers don't want to see kids hurt they want to see kids helped and and so they put their fears their concerns aside and uh they trusted that we would make some good choices and we tried to make some good choices throughout the whole year as as we adapted and as things evolved and 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 that got us back to the spot where we have people doing okay um you know i I, i'm as we looked at the actual retirements of teachers, it was about the same as any previous year. Oh, okay. But we know that there were some that probably did leave because of that. A little early. Huh? But but there were also some that, that said, you know what, I'm I'll try and work through this. And and again, I, I like to give credit to the teachers because that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, they they put their concerns behind. They put the children as their their primary focus, and they move forward. And what more could you ask for?
1: Now with the vaccine situation, uh, are you seeing any difference as far as that is concerned? I mean, with just this week, they've approved kids 5 to 11, uh, the, you know, allowing them to get the Pfizer vaccine. Is that, is that a factor now in things? Are teachers uh, maybe more comfortable knowing that the younger kids are going to be able to be vaccinated?
0: You know, I don't know, honestly, what the teachers' feelings are about that specifically. I, I we so. haven't done a survey um, Maybe it will help some of them, you know, obviously in our community, there's, there's different feelings about that. Uh, Our view is that we feel like whoever has gotten the vaccine to this point has pretty well made their choice and done it. And, and we're sure that some additional families will move forward with that and, and we support them to choose what's best for their family, considering their own situation.
1: All right, we're on with uh, Steve Dunham, Communications Director of the School District, and Becky Dunn, who is on the school board. Let's uh, let's turn the phone line, 673-5890, if you want to be on the program, or you can text me. I'll grab my phone, so I'm looking right at it. If you want to text me and be a part of this show, it's 435-467-5842. Holding on line one is Seth Stinson. What's up, Seth?
3: Uh, good morning, uh, folks. I was just wondering, watching Terry McAuliffe and... Uh, Telling us maybe the real agenda that uh um we can't defy the government and we can't that uh, we get arrested if we stand up in a school board meeting and uh <laughs> cost him the election it did, and so I'm wondering um if maybe by accident he spoke the truth that we don't own our children and he doesn't own his daughter that's attending school. And I i guess the question I'd like to ask, who owns our children?
1: That's, a, that's kind of a, I, I don't like that word owns though, Seth. I never owned my daughter. I can promise you that. In fact, in, in a lot of ways, she owns me, if you know what I'm talking about. But, well, it uh, sounds
3: like my wife, but <laughs> be more specific. What do you mean? Who owns our children? What do you, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, Do I have jurisdiction over my children? Do they belong to me? Hmm. Can I control their education? Can I uh, protest and object to what's being taught without being arrested?
1: Okay, that's more defined. Thank you, Seth. What do you think, guys?
0: You know, I think any parent has the opportunity to speak to our board in the parameters that are established uh, under policy and, and Robert's Rules of Order. Um, we give a public comment opportunity for anybody that attends our board meetings to speak for up to three minutes, and that's typically at the end of the board meeting. Yep. And you have to sign up in advance, and parents do that. And all we ask is that we follow the rules so it doesn't become an uncivilized or uh, situation or a shouting match. We don't want it to devolve into an uncivilized situation that we see in politics so much. But we have established a pattern where people can talk to their board members and and i know every board member responds to their emails and so if, if you'd rather do it that way and if you have more to say than three minutes you can type it out and and send it to your board member and they respond i know becky's phenomenal at responding to her constituents
1: well let, let me kind of expound expand on what seth is saying say uh, let's do something silly say uh the school district requires every student to wear green socks from now on they have to wear green socks that's a rule Uh, i know that's never going to happen i'm being silly here but what if i decide i don't want my kids wearing green socks what is my recourse in something like that
0: well, I guess you could you could talk to your board members, discuss why the policy was put into place. We'd have a discussion. You know, in situations like that, before we were to do that, we typically have parent meetings and explain why we were doing that and discuss that so we wouldn't make a blanket decision. We'd have a conversation with parents. In the past, whenever we've done a boundary decision, we have multiple meetings, not just one, multiple meetings. And we do that so that we can give parents the opportunity to explain their views on why they want a specific boundary a specific way and in some cases uh, we have thought it through pretty well and we've kind of stuck with our decision in other cases we have altered our decision to conform with what parent input we've received and and we you've seen that Becky over your time here where we've altered different decisions we've made based upon parent feedback because hey they have some good points and, and we aren't experts at, at seeing everything all the time. You know, I, I admit I overlook stuff. And, and so I think that is okay, that you have an open forum where people can come and talk to you, can share their concerns, can share their opinions, can share their viewpoints. My whole thing is let's just be civilized about it and not let it devolve into a shouting match.
2: Andy, one other thing is... In Washington County School District, we have the opportunity for lots of choices. Parents have many choices they can make. So they can um, stick with a traditional school and be in person in a regular school. They can choose to participate in our Utah Online School if they don't like what's going on in the school or for some reason their child doesn't do as well in a school setting. Um, They have the choice to do a Utah Online program. So... There are many um, opportunities in our district for parents to make different choices that best suit their kids. So I think that would help in that green sock example, that you could make a different (laughs) choice, that you could um, choose a different avenue that better suits you and your family.
0: And and outside of that, there are even charter schools that are outside of the school district. But they're another option available to parents, and that might be the right choice for those families, and 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 that's fine. We don't mind. It's we don't look at it as competition. It's choice, yeah. and, and charter schools offer services and can offer um, responses to parents that maybe we can't, and that's okay. We, we we're glad to let them do that.
1: Okay, answer your question, Seth. Was that kind of where you were leaning? No,
3: not not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Um, here's the point is, uh, let me ask another question. Okay. Is there a document that is signed every school year or at the beginning of the school that relinquishes the parents' rights? Uh, if you, in the, in the mind of the state, if you make a child a vegetarian, they'll come take your child away from you. If you refuse medical procedures, the true owners will come and repossess or take their property?
1: Hmm. Is that is that true? I, I don't. know they take your kid. There's no for...
0: document that's signed. In fact, the 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 state legislature uh, and and I don't remember exactly the year, Seth. So I apologize. I want to say it was about two, 2011 to 2013. Um, they passed some additional laws which gave parents more freedom and mm-hmm. more choice, and and. And, and it was very clearly established that parents have the choice over their child's education. So if they're going to come to the public schools, we have specific curriculum we have to teach by law. We have to teach these standards so that the child can move and progress and go on to the next grade level. And once they are finished with their K through 12, they're prepared to go on to higher ed if they choose or into industry if they choose. We just have those standards that are established that we have to teach, but teachers teach them in different ways. We, we, as long as the standard's taught, we're, we're not too particular. If a, if a parent has a specific concern, though, God, they sure can bring it up to us, and we'll, we'll address that.
1: All right. Thanks, Seth, for the phone call today. Uh, you know, I, I remember this case, and gosh, it's been 20 or so years. Uh, this Parents didn't want to treat their kids for cancer, their kid for a certain kind of cancer that the doctor said the kid had. Uh, and there was a case where it seemed like the state intervie- intervened and made them treat that kid for, I, I mean, it's it's like right on the fringes of my brain. I don't remember any specifics. Do you guys remember that case at all?
0: I don't. I'm no. sorry.
1: We uh, Salt Lake somewhere. The
0: flip side is 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 that parents have complete control when it comes to public education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know,
2: Utah is a very big parent choice state yes. as far as that goes, and so um, yeah, parent choice is big.
0: You know, the hope is is that parents make a good choice for their children and not just try and keep them home, and and not and not do anything. You know, an uneducated child is is a bad situation. There are, are parents that do homeschooling that do great jobs. Uh, I'm not dissing that. Don't don't misunderstand me. Um, but but there are are some that are. Let's face reality. They're they're unattentive and they don't care. And and we want those children to come to school because we can help them learn and hopefully help them into a situation that will be better than what they're currently in now. Um, my my
1: grandfather, I, I think his education was eighth grade. And then the family, He, had, his dad was killed in a car accident, and he helped raise his siblings. I think there were like seven or eight siblings. He had to go to work when he was in eighth grade. He got a job and went to work and helped support the family. Uh, does something like that happen today? Is it possible? Is it even even in the realm?
0: Boy, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's in the realm. That That's... If they'll come to school, we'll educate them. Let me say it that way. Okay. We'll, we'll help however we can, but um, we're not going to interfere if, unless it's an abusive situation and the child is getting nothing at home. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only time where we'd try and step in and say, hey, it's in the best interest of this child if they were to come to school at home, they're doing nothing or they're wilding on the streets or you know they're just in a horrible, horrible home life situation. That is the only time in my perspective, that we would step in and say, oh, it's much. It's in the child's best interest to come to school. Becky mentioned that earlier. She is all about making choices that are what is best for the child. And, and that frames every decision she makes on the school board. And that's our goal, is to help kids. Again, it's, it's like the teachers. We don't want to see kids suffer. We don't want to see them hurt. We don't want to see them waste away. We, we want to see kids grow and become productive members of society and And the statistics are there. It's much cheaper to educate a child than it is to incarcerate them.
1: Uh, Let's see. I just got a text in. Uh-oh, and then I hit the wrong button. Let's see if I can find that text. Uh, Here we go. Uh, If the time comes – I'm reading this straight, so you guys are getting it the same time I am. Okay. Uh, If the time comes when schools mandate all students be vaccinated and the majority of parents object, who prevails in the school mandate, parents or the school?
0: That comes down to government. Uh, If the government establishes that, that's the same thing we had last year with the mask mandate. Masks were mandated, and we have to follow the law. And so um, in that instance, though, I do not foresee a future in the state of Utah where a vaccine is mandated, a COVID vaccine is mandated.
1: We already have uh, Utah as part of the lawsuit with 28 other states. Yep. Correct, suing yep. the government, saying you can't make us do this. Correct, uh, and, and that's not not even schools yet. That's just yep. big yeah. businesses. So, uh,
0: and I, so I cannot foresee that. So that's that's a, a a significant what if scenario, which I never foresee happening. I and I know, know people worry about that. Uh, does that mean we got to go? No. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: that was a validation of your statement. Oh, Steve. thank you. I like that. Uh, can you
0: do that more often, Andy? Um, but, yeah, I, I don't foresee that happening, and, and I, hate to, I hate to play what-if games.
1: Sorry, my thing was squeaked. I turned it, down. It turned it down. It wasn't supposed to squeak. It squeaked anyway. So. All right. Uh, all right. Though, well, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you about – I know you guys have some stuff you wanted to talk about. I also wanted to ask you about discipline. Who decides what? Where does it come from? Uh, an interesting situation in my life, uh, not not right directly in my life, but I, I thought I'd ask about it and see where all that comes from uh, when we come back. We're talking schools today, Washington County School Districts, uh, Becky oh. Dunn and Steve Dunham, are, no relation, are, are with us today. <laughs> We're interactive on the Andy Griffin Show.
0: Call in, call in at 673-5890
1: or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. Love to hear from you this morning. If you want to be a part of the show, give me a call at 673-5890 or Text me at four three five four six seven five eight four two. I'm Andy Griffin here every morning nine o'clock. Actually, I'm here every morning at five o'clock, but I'm here in the call-in show every morning <laughs> at nine o'clock. Thanks to Steve Dunham for coming in and sure. Becky Dunn from the school board. Yep. Becky, you doing all right?
2: I'm doing great. Everything's thanks. Everything's
1: good. You're not nervous at all, right? No, You're it's cool? great. Awesome. I love to hear <laughs> it. Let's go right to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling in. You're on with Andy, Steve, and Becky. What's up?
4: Hi. <clears throat> hey, I was. I have a question. Am I on, the, on the air? Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, uh, do they know out of our property tax, uh, if you own a home or whatever, what percent of the property tax goes to public school? That's a good question. Do you have any idea on that one, Becky?
0: I can speak. Do you know, Becky? Uh, I can speak a little bit to that. So if if it's your primary home, you're only taxed on 45% of the value. Isn't that correct? You get a 55% discount on the value of your home. And then we have a, a levy that we establish for a home, that, and that's what gives us the funding to, to essentially pay teachers and do everything for the school district. And so of your property tax bill, we are the majority shareholder that taxes out there. But, um, you know, in a state of Utah where if it's your first home, there's a significant discount, and, and we are a low property tax state. But I can't tell you what percentage of your property tax bill comes to the district. I, that I don't know. I just know that we are the majority because it, it is expensive to, to educate children.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I understand, and I'm not really sure because I don't have it in front of me, uh, so I wish I did. But I understand that 50% of the tax goes to public schools. Uh,
0: that, that's so, that, yeah, that's are possible. Saying,
4: yeah, people are saying, well, look, I'm sending my kids in private school. But they don't understand that they're also paying 50% to public schools. That's right. It doesn't matter. I think there's a 10% to private school or something that goes for that. But you know, that's a chunk that goes to something that they're not using. And if it were the schools were improved and you know some of the things that are controversial right now were were corrected, I think people would go back to the public schools. But when I looked at my tax, and then there's a lot of people. I think if you own a home that's a second home you're your tax higher
0: that's correct you don't have yeah.
4: any children if it so is if, if it's your but, second
0: i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead
4: no that's okay no i'm just saying i'm <clears throat> looking at it i thought 50 percent of the total of the tax on a home goes to public schools
0: yeah i think that's accurate that's and, and that right, is yeah. because that's what's needed in the city of utah to fund public education and, and now keep in mind too, we are the lowest funded state in the nation for for education, so uh, the example I always give is that um, let 's say you pay two thousand dollars on your home and property taxes here in Utah on a similar home because i 've looked at this in Texas, you would pay upwards of eight thousand dollars property tax on your home, and again, a majority of that would go to public education because they fund education at a much higher rate and that's the mechanism for it and you're correct if it's a second home you're you're taxed on a hundred percent of the value of your home you don't get a discount on your second property and oh. so it is taxed at a much higher rate uh to fund education
1: i hate doing this but it's it's one of those well it can always be worse and it definitely could my aunt and uncle uh, lived in New Jersey for 20-something years, and they could not believe, after they left New Jersey, because they didn't, weren't aware at the time, but after they left, they were like, I can't believe we were paying that much in property tax.
0: I think New Jersey is the highest yeah, property tax in the money. nation, I, and I <laughs> yeah. just heard that this last week. We were discussing that, and New Jersey does have the highest property tax of any state in the nation. And by the way, they live in Utah now. So <laughs> well, win win there. They, they had to get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah living sure. like kings here in Utah, huh? So, uh, and
1: she makes a good point. You know, if you choose to pull your kid out of public school and go to private school, you don't get a discount on your taxes. No, you're, you're still paying it. So you're kind of double paying.
0: Well, and, and likewise, you, you consider this when when uh, when I went to school other people paid for my education as a child and now i'm paying for other children to be educated as well mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a property holder and that's a system that works well for educating a population so that we have a a, a, a well-educated population boy i said that twice that was really redundant on me <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's from the department of the redundancy, redundancy department yeah, there yeah, you go there you go so Uh, All right. I I want to steer the conversation in a particular direction for just a couple of minutes, and and that's discipline of kids. I know you have some policies in place, uh, but obviously every situation is a a little bit different. Uh, If someone gets in trouble, say, with the law, what's what's a school policy? Are you stuck with whatever they tell you you have to do?
0: You know, policy really is the framework that guides us as we move forward Mm -hmm. with any type of disciplinary scenario for a child. Um, And it depends upon the severity. Um, It depends upon if there's a weapon involved, if there's not, if there's a threat, what kind of threat. Mm -hmm. uh, Is it reoccurring? Has it happened in the past? So all these things play into policy that that add with the framework for how you're going to try and correct the action. Because the end goal is not to just punish a child, but correct the action and help them learn from their mistake. Children are developing, and they make dumb decisions. I, when I was a teenager, I did. <laughs> I'll tell you, and, and I'll come out honest on this, when I was a teenager, I was water ballooning cars, dumbest thing ever. And I didn't realize how stupid that was until a car stopped, and they chased us down, and they caught me. and And I recognized that I really could have hurt somebody, and it didn't click in my head, just thought, oh, it was fun, it was innocent, but that was stupid. Yeah. And I was a dumb, dumb teenager, and I fully admit that, and I counsel my kids, don't be throwing stuff at cars. You know, that could hurt, that could cause an accident, that could could have killed somebody. How stupid. And I just thought I was being an innocent kid. But kids make foolish mistakes, and our goal as educators is to help correct that action and help them learn, not punish.
2: One of the things that I love about Lowry Snow's recent legislation is He's really focused on juvenile justice and the juvenile justice system. Kind of like what Steve was saying, rather than incarcerate kids or cause um, them to be sent to jail or whatever, then there are bigger problems later in life for these kids. It's to help retrain them and to help um, correct those behaviors to be able to help those kids become productive Um, adults that will contribute to our society. So Lowry has been a huge advocate of that and being able to help kids in situations like this.
0: Back to your original question, though, Andy, the policy gives us the framework and then there's the the outside influences of, does the child have a, a disability of any sort? Mm-hmm. What's the child's home life like? What are all these other things? And then our administration will step in, and they'll meet, and they'll counsel. They'll look at grades. They'll look at all these different things, and they'll consider, how can we best help this child? And then, at that point, is a, a disciplinary action taken, if necessary, and how severe it is. Um, All those things are weighted so that we can consider how can we best help this child and help them move forward.
1: One thing I like about it too, is it's got to be, I'm assuming it's a case by case thing because if you have uh, the same kind of problem, uh, a seven year old, a seventh grader and a 17 year old, it's probably going to be treated a little bit differently.
0: Exactly right. And, and, And we try to bring that human element in. So that's where it comes back to seek, first to understand you know we're trying to understand what is happening to this child what have they been through what are they dealing with so that we can then make as best a decision as we can because in some instances discipline has to happen there's no way around that but it's how severe and and the goal is always we want to help the child we don't want to hurt them
1: there was a, a situation in a football game last week in which a, a kid was shown on videotape do, doing some things that were not uh, very kind uh, during the football game. Uh, that kid, from what I understand, has been suspended for the state championship game. Uh, it's a it's a tough deal. Something like that happens where it's on the athletic field. Do you guys have anything to do with it at the school
0: district? I first of all, let me say I don't know where you got your information because nobody's supposed to know about. What punishments are dealt out? So, so I don't know if that's accurate, okay. um, and it depends on the football field. In semifinal and final games, those are those games fall under the uh, supervision of the Utah High School Activities Association. Right. So they are responsible when it comes to semifinal and final games. Um, uh, I think other football games, other athletic events, fall under the purview of the school district hmm. and the and the administration at the schools. Um, and so.
1: Oh, man, I love that. I love that. We need
0: more of those. Um, And and that's how it kind of works out. So uh, with the incident you're talking about, I know it's been reviewed by the Utah High School Activities Association. I know that they've consulted with the officials on the field at the time to Mm -hmm. discuss what did happen? What should actions could have or maybe didn't happen? And I I know that from a district side, I know that we have spoken with administrations of both schools and coaching staff of both schools. And we feel comfortable that that if any action has been taken, we're comfortable with what action has been taken.
1: Okay. I know uh, it's funny because the general audience, you know, those of us that listen to this show. Don't maybe don't even know what I'm talking about, or, or even care for that matter. But I know in a lot of people's worlds, you know, especially the two teams that we're talking about and the players we're talking about, this is everything to them. This is a, a pretty pretty huge situation. So, um, yeah, you know what? Most of what I've heard, Steve, uh, is is through the grapevine. It may yeah. or may not be completely accurate, but I, I, hopefully, it's it's fairly accurate. And and I, I don't. The, the problem I think is in this world of social media. I think everybody that's involved in both programs and really in sports in general is, has seen videotape, has seen it.
0: And and on social media, that's the key. People get on social media and they say things on social media that they would never say in person. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is. It, people are so vile and rude on social media. It, they they say stuff that I'm like, holy cow. It, it, you know, I would never say things like that right. face-to-face to a neighbor, to a friend, even to a stranger. I wouldn't be that way, and yet right. we feel like on social media it's our chance to vent mm. and, and just unload. No, people, we, we need to learn to keep control, and that's something we need to uh, exemplify for our children so they don't grow up thinking it's okay to behave that way on social media. I, With this incident in particular, I've seen some parents act like bullies on social mm. media, and that's sad. Yeah. But we see it very often. In any incident, you can find the people out there on social media that are flat out bullies and they're just rude, uncivil humans.
1: I have a theory when it comes to that. I, you know, we started before Facebook really was mainstream. Uh, we would comment on stories that we would read on news outlets, whether it's on you know Saint George News Spectrum, the Deseret mm-hmm. News, wherever, and those were you. It would ask you to name yourself, so you wouldn't actually put your own name in there. You would be anonymous, whoever, mm-hmm. and then you could comment on. It and say something really rude and nobody would know it was you. And and so we we became emboldened in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, and then all of a sudden we go to Facebook now and yes our name is on there but at this point we're already we've already made a lot of comments that were pretty rude and now we don't we don't even really care anymore. And that's and that's disappointing and frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's ironic that this term social media has actually made <laughs> us less social. You're right. You're right about that.
1: All right, we got to get another commercial break in. Steve and Becky, hang on if you would Thanks. like to a little bit longer. Sure, love to have you uh, stay around for. We only have about ten minutes left in the show. Uh, real quick, thank you so much to Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a sponsor of this program and has been for, oh, several years, long before I was here. Uh, Joe Shoney is a loan consultant, and his specialty is, well, being nice. He's a customer service guy. Uh, so uh, call Joe's team. Uh, the reviews online are phenomenal. First of all, he follows through on his loans. And second of all, he cares about you, the uh, the, the customer. Uh, so check him out, experience.com. Read the reviews. Uh, over uh, I want to say over 700 reviews and. Uh, no, almost 600 reviews and the average score 4.9 out of 5 stars. That's, that's phenomenal. Uh, I wish my reviews were that good for this show. Anyway, give Joe a call today at 435-590-6300. It's NMLS 121041. Be right back. Final segment on The Andy Griffin Show. If you want to get your opinion in, it's now or never 673-5890. That's the 435 area code uh 6735890 if you want to text it's 4675842 also the 435 area code we're on with Becky Dunn from the school board Becky you having fun today
2: that's great Thank you for
1: the opportunity to come. You have kids, like, elementary school on up right now in in the school district?
2: My youngest is in middle school right now. Oh, okay. Middle school and high school. Yep.
1: All right. And Steve, your kids, how old are they?
0: Middle school and high school. Nice. Yep. Nice. I guess I'm the geezer in the room, huh? (laughs) Well, I think you and I are kind of running the same race here, Andy. (laughs) I just started later.
1: Yeah, good point. I, I think we had our... I was 23 when we had our first kids, so... Uh,
0: and I was 29. Oh, you did start later than me. Yep. Okay.
1: Well, thanks for being on the show, folks. Appreciate it. We're getting a little... You hear that little interference there? I'm not sure what that is. Let's see. I'm going to turn Steve down for it's a second. It's
0: usually It's me. It's me. Yeah, me. It's, it's you.
1: you were <laughs> Sorry. Getting, you were getting all the confirmation tones, but now you're getting the fuzz.
0: It, should I so. touch a wire or no, or...
1: You're okay. At least it's not popping. All right, we'll, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Uh, again, if you want to be a part of the show, uh, six seven three five eight nine zero. I got a text, but I don't quite understand it. Maybe you can be more specific on this text. They talk about. Uh, I'm going to summarize. Uh, the school board deferring basic body autonomy to the government and the health department. I'm not sure exactly what that you guys picking up on that or I don't, I don't get you it. You know,
0: the only thing I can surmise from that is that as a government agency, we have higher government agencies than us that we have to defer to. We, we have to follow. And, and if there's a mandate or law uh, that's established, we have to follow those. Otherwise, Poor Becky could end up in jail and that's not fair to her. And so, you know, because other people feel strongly, but we're, we're willing to listen and concern. But again, I think people are, are, are bringing that argument up under a significant what if scenario. The, right. the, there's no, right. I don't foresee that here in the state of Utah. So I, I think we're okay.
1: You Matt, know, go ahead. I was going to say last year when we had the, the lockdown and then the masks, I know there was, uh, here in Washington County, there was a real feeling that we, didn't, we don't need a lockdown, number one, at least not, not after a week or two, and then the feeling, we, don't, we didn't really need masks either, and uh, I know that that was kind of an awkward position the board was in because you guys, I think, mostly were like, we, you're right, we don't need this, but the state tells us we have to do it. The government tells us we have to do it, and even though we don't want them, Uh, we'd like to not have them we we still have to because the state requires it but was that frustrating for you becky was that an interesting time
2: it definitely was an interesting time i think it was for everybody and so yeah trying to find a balance between that is a huge challenge
1: do you feel like and you both have kids in the schools now do you feel like the never mind the lockdown i think that affected everyone Mm -hmm. but do you feel like the masks part of things uh hindered your kids because i and i'll say my mine first i do feel like it might i feel like my daughter uh lost a lot of the social part of her life because of the the mask mandate and having to wear masks all day your thoughts
0: you know personally i feel like it it wasn't too big of a deal for my children um i think uh here's what i think is fair to say covid was so new science was so new on COVID. Mm -hmm. And as the science evolved, we got more information. We became more aware and educated about what we could do, what was plausible. Um, then we got a vaccine that allowed even more freedom. So there's so many things that evolved with the science as the disease and uh, evolved that allowed us to, to just understand what was going on. But, but with masks specific, my kids did pretty well. Uh, they really didn't affect them that much. Okay. Um, Becky?
2: My kids were kind of in the same boat as Steve's. They were just excited to be able to be in school. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see their teachers. They wanted to be with other students. They wanted to have those social opportunities. And so for them, that was a big part of it, is being able to have those interactions with other students and other kids and friends and teachers. And so they were, um, they were okay with the mask because that, that other desire was so great.
1: Now, there is, with with each large group of people, and and a school is a large group of people, there are exceptions, medical exceptions and and, uh, those types of specifics. Uh, Were there any issues with that? I I had heard there was, maybe in other parts of the country, some bullying, where you're not wearing a mask, you should be, or or vice versa.
2: We really tried to train our teachers and staff to um, watch out for bullying, to make sure that it didn't happen. Um, I can't say 100% that there was no bullying across our district, But um, principals, staff, administrators were all on the lookout for it. And we taught and trained students to treat others with respect and kindness that they have that opportunity
0: to choose. I think Becky said that perfectly. We can't say that there was no bullying. And even now this year, masks are not required. Some families are choosing to wear masks. And I do believe that there are some kids out there that are being very rude about that. Not knowing the situation, not understanding, and taking a a stance, maybe they've heard at home, maybe they've seen on social media, but they're being very aggressive about it. I know that has happened to people that I'm close to, and I've just been disappointed, and and I, I do reflect and think why is this child acting this way? Is it because of parents? Is it because of politics in general? Is it because of social media? But and now it's, it's flipped. So if there are children wearing masks, let them be. Let them live their life and do what they need to do, what's right for their family.
2: And if that's what makes them feel safe to come to school, then great, we want them to feel safe at school. That's a big part of exactly. our schools is we want it to be a safe place. So we hope that there isn't bullying going on. And if something does happen that our administrators and teachers will step in and be able to, you know, spot that and be able to correct it.
1: Is there bullying in general? Is it realistic to think that that's ever going to completely go away? And I'll say I say it that way, because when I was in school, it was I would call it rampant. I mean, there was intimidation. People made fun of you. You know, you get walking down the hall, somebody would punch you in the shoulder and laugh. Uh, I mean it all kind of, if you didn't you didn't look right or you weren't you were too tall or too short, you were too fat, you were too skinny I mean it, it was it happened all the time. It feels like a lot of that has been eliminated, but not completely
2: I, go ahead sorry, please. Please. I feel like the bullying has changed so back then it was a lot of physical bullying mm-hmm. and now we have different avenues and different opportunities to bully in the social media realm. So there's all different kinds of areas that this bullying happens in cyberspace and where it's not necessarily like Steve was talking about earlier. It's not necessarily talking face to face, but we're posting stuff and saying, you know, derogatory or inappropriate things about people. And that's a form of bullying. And so Mm. I feel like the bullying has evolved with how our technology and how our lives have evolved with technology.
0: I, I think that's a great statement what, what becky just said because that's the truth the bullying has evolved it has changed i don't think you can ever do away with bullying until you can do away with a system where people have their clicks their groups because they're immediately looking at others they're casting judgment they're they're pointing fingers they want to show that they're better than somebody else and, and that's human nature so so to completely do away with it i don't know that you can but unfortunately uh, it's going to happen, but we try to minimize that as much as possible.
1: I have an interesting juxtaposition. When I was in high school, I was on the football team. I was a football player. I was a jock, right? I was also in the band. And traditionally, in my school, the jocks picked on the band kids. Yeah, you know. And so, I had I, a lot of my friends were like, "I don't even know what to do with you, man. I, I want to pick on you, but you're, you know, six four and two hundred and sixty pounds, and I can't." And anyway, uh, well, we've run out of time. You guys. Fantastic job today. Thank you so much for coming on the program. In fact, Steve will be back hosting my show in a couple of weeks, too.
0: I'm looking forward to it, Andy. That'll
1: be a lot of fun. Becky, thanks again for coming in today. Thank you so much. It's been the Andy Griffin Show on KDXU. We're here every day, 9 a.m. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's see. Oh, Mayor Chris Hart Ivins is with me tomorrow.